Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Happy Tuesday. Yes, it is a it is a Tuesday, it. isn't it? Yes. The Tuesday's kind of this it's an innocuous kind of a day. It's a it doesn't ha- it's not celebrated. Like Wednesday, that's over the hump day. Everyone talks about that like it's important. But Tuesday sort of it sort of languishes between Monday and Wednesday. Nothing really happens except the except for this pile of news that I have in my Sweaty yeah, little palms. I've got it spread all over here. Oh, I, but what I what I don't have spread out, but I can tell you about mm-hmm. is uh, Doctor Fauci. Oh, yes, I heard about him. Yes, yeah, Doctor Fauci. He was complaining, lamenting that people. It's hard to get through to people anymore. Yes, you know, and get them to listen. Well, I don't know, Doc. Uh, maybe because you're a liar. But you heard the you good. Know? The good news is he plans to retire by the end of Biden's term. Yes, but now here's the bad news. Okay. <laughs> uh, the bad news is, he said, and as for COVID, he goes, I, I have some bad news. Uh, I, it's going to be around for years, and if mm. I stuck around for COVID to end, I'd be 105. So basically, now this is interesting mm-hmm. because basically the timeline is close to what he said because they have a population number that they want to get down to by around 2035, you know, he's talking mm-hmm. about maybe, you know, 2032. They have an, uh, a population number they want to get to. So did he just admit that uh, COVID was planned genocide? Well, let me tell you, uh, I don't know whether you read this or not. First of all, here's what he said. Dr. Fauci said this. Everybody wants to put this pandemic behind us and feel and hope that it doesn't exist. It does. There he goes with a smile. Mm-hmm. It does. He plans, like I said, to be around till Biden re- retires or his term ends. I'm thinking if he if he's forced out of office sooner than two years, two and a half years, will he leave with with Biden? Like if Biden if Biden leaves office in the next six months, will Fauci go with him? You think, or will he stick around until the end of the actual term? Well, yeah, he would go with him, but I think if if depending what happens in the midterms mm-hmm. and depending what happens with Biden, I think depends on what happens to the fate of Fauci and whether he walks out the door and fades away into the sunset with everything that he knew that he did, or he gets picked up and locked down and held accountable. You know Deborah uh, Burks. She was his cohort in crime during the pandemic. She was the scarf lady who, right. who got up on the uh, podium during the pandemic press conference, conferences and talked about what was causing everything and what we had to do. She has yeah. a book coming out now, and in the book, she talks about how some of the things that they were saying during those press conferences were made up, were, were uh, seat-of-the-pants kind of responses. They weren't really thought through. They, when they said, I think initially when people got COVID, they were suggesting that they be locked down in isolation for two weeks. That was a figure they pulled out of the thin air. She admits it in the book. She talks about a lot of things in the book, which I can't believe she talked about, because she admitted that they were trying to pull the wool over President Trump's eyes. They were... They were out to not be forthright with him too, which I I thought was amazing. I haven't. I got to read this book. It's piqued my curiosity. 
Well, I, she doesn't care because she's out of there. She's going to make some money with this Bill, and drift away. What person would write a book like this and admit all of these things in the book if they thought they were absolutely free and clear of any consequences? I mean, well, would you if is. you had done something wrong, would you write it write about it in a book? But apparently in this book she does. So Well, I wouldn't write about it. No. I mean, the only time that you make a confession, it's on your deathbed. Yeah. And yeah, you know, you check you wanna, it out. <laughs> you check it out, going, Oh, by the way, you know that that yeah. Yeah. That was that me. Was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And when they go, Why you a dirty <laughs> they don't know. So the thing is, Fauci, you, you, when we watched him initially, he said, don't wear the masks. They are ineffective. They don't work. Masks aren't of any value. He said that. I heard him say it. You probably heard him say it. Then about a month or two later, oh, you should wear a mask. Wear a so mask. What, what we've determined now from her book and uh, right. what he said all along and uh, what he's just said to, well, it's going to be around uh, yep. past uh, my lifetime. I'd have to be 105. Uh, and he's 82 now, by the way, so you can do your own math. Um, uh, I'm sitting there going, mm. so he's basically a quack. He, I think he's power hungry. I think he's made a ton of money from the oh, pharmaceutical yeah. companies. And he's made, you know, he's the highest paid federal employee. Yeah, Fauci, and he, he makes more than the president. A, yeah, a guaranteed amount of money afterwards. That's right. So, so he likes money. You know, it's funny. They say, follow the money. That's something the Democrats say. And they, in the long run, end up telling on themselves. Let me put it to you this way. He's not living in a two-bedroom Cape Cod somewhere. He's living in some place that's really kind of nice. You know, actually, you know? a two-bedroom Cape Cod isn't bad either. I, you know? Oh, I know. I, I agree. But, I mean, he's got a little more money than that. He's probably got yeah. an estate somewhere. And he's probably got his, his bodyguards. I think he would need them. Because a lot of people are angry. You know, their decisions that they made, if they were seat-of-the-pants made-up decisions, they affected a lot of people. She admitted in the book that they knew that some of the things they did would cost people their lives. By locking people down, people couldn't go for heart exams, cancer treatments, cancer screenings, and a lot of people died. So that's you know, on them. Have you tried to get an appointment with a dentist anymore? They're so backed up from even back to COVID days. They don't have the staff anymore. It is terrible. You you chip or crack a tooth, yeah, and you call up and go, I got a dental emergency. You know, you'll even look on the weekend. I'm, I'm speaking from experience here, folks, uh, mm -hmm. from the weekend. And, you know, I'm going, oh, I knew my dentist was out of town because he had a family thing yeah. he was doing. Yeah. So he's gone through Thursday. So I'm going, nah, I got to get this fixed now. So I looked. Oh, there's all these places to say, well, if we're emergency hours, hours. Service, yeah. emergency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you call crickets, nothing. Nobody calls. They don't return the call. When you do get the call. Well, you know, we're booked through uh, mid-September. What? I have an emergency. <laughs> yeah, we're taking emergencies in September, but it's July. <laughs> well, the earliest we can get you in is uh, mid-September. Yes. Huh. I'll get back to you. Well, then it might be Christmas and we'll be <laughs> off for the holidays. I know. Every notice, you know, by the way, that those things happen, 
it seemed to happen all the time on the weekend. They never happen yeah, like they do. midweek. You get a, you get a a, a loose a loose crown tooth or, or something, or a crown falls off or something. It happens Friday night. It yeah, does. you go all the way through the weekend, and you don't get anybody until you know midday, late Monday, and then, geez, it it it's crazy. But uh, the point of the dental thing is, you know, you talked about heart. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people don't take care of their teeth. You know, you got, you got holes, you get whatever you got, your, your dental health affects your physical health. It does. So, you know, if you got that kind of problem, get it fixed, you know? That's right. As a matter of fact, like you said, it, it affects your heart. Yeah. Gum, yeah. Gum that's problems, things like that. You're right. Yeah, um, you got that, get it fixed because, but see, you can't because of one little thing that came into our lives. That was an experiment headed up by this guy. Last name starts with an F. Yeah. I think it's uh, Fauci. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, has come into our lives and now has put the kibosh in just about anything. You know, his NIH helped to fund the Wuhan lab. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. So this guy has got blood on his hands. And yet he is very defensive. He, when people approach him and, and, and ask him questions about that, he, uh, well, let me ask you a dumb question. So if we got blood on our hands, China does too, mm -hmm. but we got blood on our hands and somewhere in the foreseeable future, it's figured out that we got blood in our hands and that it helped kill millions of people. There could be a lawsuit against, you know, the countries involved. Would that be big enough to bust this country? Look at some of the other lawsuits we've had recently that people would think we would win, that that get dismissed or, you know, blown out. I I've lost a lot of faith in the uh, in the, the system. system. Yeah, yeah. Um, in twenty twenty during the election, you would have thought that there'd be a judge out there somewhere that would take the case, the uh, election fraud case. There was one, I think he was in Nevada. I can remember waiting on this guy. He was considering it, considering it. And then he dismissed it on some ridiculous grounds. Yeah, and, well, chances are that meant that he was taking offers. Yeah, you know, he was, he was, <laughs> exactly. I'm considering. Yeah. Over here, buddies. Yep. Yeah. You know, Send anyway. A slip of paper so, with a number on it. So Fauci, he won't admit that he did anything wrong. Although Deborah Burks in her book apparently doesn't say she did it wrong, but she says that they intentionally deceived the president of the United States. They gave us misinformation and they did it with a straight face and with a look of authority from the stage. And we just like good people went along with their every directive and, you know, if you want to take over a country nowadays, you don't have to send an army over and, no. and invade. All you have to do is send over a, a virus or even pretend it's a major virus and get a system to swallow that, that storyline. And you can lock them down. You can get them all to stop going into work. You can really cripple an industrial nation like they did to our country. Our country, up until the pandemic, was we were running like a fine-tuned engine. 
We were we were hitting on all eight cylinders. We were cooking. We were. That's and the then, operative uh, phrase. There. And then this thing came along, and it crumpled us up like an old newspaper. It crushed us. Yeah, but it's China that seems to be uh, moving along right now, and they they uh, they moved into uh, a superpower status here just recently. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard they also kind of threatened Nancy Pelosi. Oh yeah, hang on, I got that story. That's right an interesting here. story, folks. Apparently, yeah. Nancy Pelosi is talking about uh, Going paying a visit to Taiwan. Right. And uh, and they said if uh, she goes there, there's going to be gra- it would have grave impact. Ooh. So now what grave means, I, I don't know, but uh, they're saying it will have uh, a grave uh, impact. They're not saying, wait, Ghana declares first Malberg virus disease outbreak. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Another pandemic wind up in a 3-2 delivery. Let me tell yeah. you something. They're also, I also read where they're talking about a, a, a crisis with the monkeypox. They're still trying to sell us on monkeypox. You know, there were 10 outbreaks here last week, uh, I think in a day, in uh, Boston. Now, first, they said it was kind of a sexual disease transmitted right. through fluids. But now it can be from touch. You know, kiss, uh, kiss, yeah, whatever, caress. So, in other words, you know, Bill, they try again. They're trying desperately to get us locked down by October, so that when November comes along, we're sending our votes in by by mail again. That we're dropping our votes off again at uh, yep. mailboxes, and they're going to have an opportunity to do and. In November, what they did two years ago. This yep. this is uh, so obvious to anybody who's paying attention. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of people who are out trying to make a living and and not terribly focused on what's happening with our uh, our government and uh, mm. the system. Yeah. Well, anyway, Pelosi, they're threatening if she goes to Taiwan. Didn't she, she was supposed to go to Taipei or something like that back in April? Not got canceled, right? I would, I, I forgot, Bill. I don't know. I can't, I, but I'll tell you what, I think it's in, in, interesting that we're getting threatened now by the Chinese. We were just recently threatened by the Russians. Do you think that maybe they're starting to realize that our emperor has no clothes, that uh, Joe Biden is uh, a hollow suit, that when he threatens something, it's, it's meaningless? I mean, he, he said about the Saudis that they were a pariah state, and he was going to treat him as such. And then he gets off the airplane. He walks over to uh, the head of Saudi Arabia, and he, the guy who he called a murderer, and he fist bumps him like, hey, dude, how's it going? And then they go over and uh, have a happy old talk. Then he comes out and tells the press that I told him. I straightened him out about this Khashoggi thing. I let him know how we feel. And then the spokesperson for Saudi Arabia said, well, that's not how it really happened, folks. He kind of mentioned it once, and then he let it slip away. So he's telling us something, the media and us something, and then behind the scenes, he's a hollow suit. Yeah, and you know what? What he did with the Saudis and uh, Israel is not happy with him either. You know, he thinks he's over there making deals with everybody. Mm. And, you know, they might go, hey, it was nice to see you. 
And then when he walks away, they're laughing at him. Yeah. And then they're saying, no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, we are a joke on the world stage. Uh, no, you know what? We're not even a joke or a punchline anymore. We're just a sad excuse for a country. Thanks to Joe Biden. What is amazing is that everybody in the world who's paying attention knows that he's a fraudulent president. And everybody knows that the man is diminished. Yet they still try to sell him as a world leader in this country. Yeah. And the media is uh, complacent to do so. They're, they're going, yeah, you know, that, that, that story, you know, that fake story, this, that, 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 mm -hmm. but you know, there was a survey two weeks ago. Now the over the overwhelming majority of the American populace, Democrats and Republicans now believe the election indeed was stolen. I say overwhelming. It was like 56%. That was Republicans and Democrats combined. Could be more Republicans than Democrats. But the point is, when you take the pulse of the country, yeah, it was stolen. And if the media is saying 56%, then it's probably a lot more than that. Because the media just doesn't want to admit to it even now. No, they're saying, oh, no, no, you know, they, they keep telling that lie and everybody's, well, then apparently a lot of people now in the majority of the country are drinking that Kool-Aid that they're talking about, or maybe it's them that's drinking the Kool-Aid and they've run out of, uh, out of, a out of the Kool-Aid. They don't have enough for everyone to drink. Yeah. Well, so the, yeah, the, 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 the stupidity is wearing so off. We have this guy who's an empty suit and then we have his vice president. Carmela has a, a problem with uh, public speaking. I mean, she really does. Nice she, she She's kind of a space cadet. She's an opportunist, but kind of a space cadet. She was speaking in front of the NAACP, mm. I believe, yesterday. Now, when President Trump was in office, he was positive about our country. He never spoke ill of it. He talked about the greatness of our nation and where we could go, make America great again, all of these things. He believed in our country and where we've been and what we can do. He believed right. in this. Not so much with Carmela. Carmela speaking in front of uh, NAACP. She makes this comment. Listen. We know, NAACP, that our country has a history of claiming ownership over human bodies. Did you catch that? <laughs> Did you catch that, folks? Well, I caught two things. What? She was at the, uh, what are they called? NAACP, but she calls it the NAACP. Right. Yes. I, I caught that. And then, yeah, uh, control over people's bodies. Oh, geez. Let's go back pre-Civil War. Uh, they fought a war over wanting slaves. That was the Democrats that were enslaving right. the blacks. And then they lost the war. And there were a lot of, you know, there were a lot of rights won by the blacks. But of course, well, the Democrats still have power in, in Washington. So they're going, yeah, forget that. We might have lost this war, but mm -mm. so what she doesn't say, what she doesn't say is that this country also has a history of fighting a war to remove that that uh, system, that corrupt system, from our society, slavery. 
we lost hundreds of thousands of Americans, young Americans, so that that system would be excised from, from our society, so that every man would be free. Right. And you're right, Bill. It was the Democrats who fought to keep it. Yeah. And really, that was back at the time that a progressive movement in this country started to take place on Mm -hmm. the left, and it has been there ever since, that uh, eventually led to the liberal world order and uh, so on and so forth. uh, They have been taking this Kool-Aid and trying to shove it down our throats (laughs) because, and there's even now scholars that are saying, are we headed to one political party, a one-party system, which we all know that is wrong, but that has been on the agenda of the Democrats if they could get years. rid of, If they could get rid of the Republican Party, they would do it in a heartbeat. You know, uh, when you think about it, they're the oldest party, and they and they did. They they were able to get rid of other parties. Sure. Republicans held Ever on. Ever heard of the and, Whigs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you're absolutely correct. And Democrats say, well, that was history. That was ancient history. Civil War, that was 1861. That was a long time ago. We had people in the, in the Senate in my lifetime, in the Senate, who were in the Ku Klux Klan, folks. Senator Byrd from West Virginia was a, a, a ranking member in the Ku Klux Klan. He was a buddy of Hillary Clinton. He was a buddy of John McCain. He was a buddy of, uh, of so many senators, a lot of whom were still kind of hanging around D.C. Yeah. You know, history just repeats itself, so you can't dismiss history. You've got to look at it. And I would say whether you're white or black or whatever, if this is all foreign to you, do a little research. I have another question Study some history. Which party is promoting uh, a border invasion by the poorest of people. The poorest of people are coming across our border, them and terrorists and drug drug mules, but these are not wealthy people. These people are coming with their whole lives on their back, with their children in hand or somebody else's child in hand. And, and, and what party is promoting that process? It is the Democratic Party. The Republican Party wanted to put a wall up. The wall would have discouraged people from coming because they would have realized that there was a huge obstacle between them and this country. Yeah. But no, it's the Democrats who stopped the whole process and encouraged. Biden actually said in one of his um, one of his debates, I believe, that he would welcome people. He would open the borders up and welcome people into yeah, this country. Did. Yeah, he did. Ted Cruz was at the border All right. a couple of days ago. He and a, 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 a bunch of other senators, about six other senators. Uh, yeah. and, uh, you're talking about a selfie that he did? Yeah, there? he did it at nighttime. He didn't do it in front of a large crowd of people. It's just him and his cell phone, Bill. And you got to listen to what he says. It's from the heart, and it's kind of sad. Listen. So I'm down in the Rio Grande Valley. It's a little bit past midnight. We're on the southern border. We've been here. We've already seen multiple groups of illegal aliens apprehended, although apprehended doesn't really capture it because they come and turn themselves in. The first group we saw 
was three teenagers, two boys and a girl from Guatemala and Mexico. After that, we saw a group of women and children. It included two little girls, each of whom were seven years old, each of whom told us they were unaccompanied, that they had come from Guatemala without an adult, without a parent. Over and over and over again, behind us is another group that was apprehended. And this keeps happening night after night after night. This is not humane. What monster would allow policies that result in seven-year-old girls? being handed over to human traffickers. We saw a patch of grass not far from the river. But just a few weeks ago, they found two little girls, aged five and six, both of whom had been raped. This is wrong. This is wrong, and we can't keep ignoring it. Down by the river. In just a few minutes, these are the wristbands I found. A white wristband. A blue wristband. A white. A pink and a yellow. Spent. That obviously was around the arm of a child, a young child. These wristbands correspond to what the colors indicate how much the illegal immigrants have paid the cartels and how many thousands of dollars more they owe them. These children come in in debt to vicious cartels, thousands and thousands of dollars. And the teenage boys work for the gangs in every city in America. And the teenage girls experience a hell worse than that, with far too many of them human trafficked into sex slavery. This is not compassion. This is not humane. This is barbaric. And Joe Biden could stop it. We're a year and a half into the Biden presidency, and Joe Biden cannot be bothered to drag his ass down here to the border. Kamala Harris cannot be bothered, she's supposedly the border czar, to come to the Rio Grande Valley. They can't even look at the lives they're destroying. This chaos, it's horrific. It's wrong. Tonight I'm here with a group of seven senators seeing firsthand the human misery caused by this chaos. But I got a simple question. Where are the Democrats? Why are there no Democrats in the Senate who care enough to come down and see the consequences? This is wrong. It needs to stop. So I ask you this, is this not another form of slavery? 
Absolutely. And by the way, you know, with that audio, because we just played the audio, if you can Google it, check it out, because the video behind it yeah. uh, is in, when you hear the audio and see the video, because he it was a selfie on his phone, yeah. Yeah. video selfie. Um, I mean, it's heart-wrenching, and this is what we're doing. You're paying taxes for it. And, you know, uh, taxes are another form of enslavery. We, you know, you, you pay taxes on everything and I'm not going to go into the diatribe on that. But the point is, you know, government enslaves people, our government enslaves people, you know, and <clears throat> these people, that is a gross form of enslavement that we're, we're doing, but these people are not coming across vetted and, and, and legally and why. What got me about his comment was he said the people come across, the youth come across indebted to the mules and the cartels that got them across. Yeah. The boys end up working for the gangs in the cities around the country. He said, and the young girls, their fate is even worse. That's what he said. Their fate is even worse. Sex slavery. Now, this is not this is not something being this is not something being uh, promoted by the Republican Party. You may not like the Republicans, folks, but they're not the ones who are encouraging these activities. It is the Democrat Party that's allowing this to happen in our country. There's no if ands or buts about it. You cannot kid yourself. This is not being done by the right. It's being done by the left. Pure and simple. And the drugs that are coming across the border, the big one is fentanyl. I mean, you should see mm -hmm. the big stacks of, you know, of, of all the fentanyl out in California. That it, it, is, it has gone beyond a problem and even past an epidemic. Yeah. The flow of drugs across the border. Speaking of California, I mean, you're talking about the sex slave trade. A lot of that goes on out in California because of the movie industry. Mm -hmm. And there are people that privately pay for some really nasty, grotesque things. Absolutely. There, there used to be a thing where a little Midwestern farm girl goes tired of the farm life. I get on the train. I'm going out to California. I'm going to be a star. And these sex traders would wait there. And be nice. And yeah. basically, it was called a meat house. Yeah. And no, it's not, you know. You heard of the casting couch? You heard of the casting couch, Bill? Yeah. That That's not a fictitious thing. Uh, no, it's not. Thing. <clears throat> but it's a meat house. What they do, yeah. they bring these young girls over there, and then people bid on them. Bid on them to use them in their paid-for porn movies. I have read that... There, if you knew the people, the stars, the people that we admire who participated in this sinister lifestyle, mm -hmm. you'd be appalled. I've read that there are people who are have a wholesome image, an image that we, we really respect and we watch their films and we think they're great and come to find out that the real person behind behind the screen is... Someone you wouldn't evil. want to have. You wouldn't want to have this person in your house. Huh. You wouldn't want to have coffee with them.
No, there, there are some uh, sick people out there. So Senator Joni Ernst was uh, one of those seven senators. She was with uh, Senator Cruz. She has some comments about it, too. Listen. Yes, it was a very enlightening trip. There were seven Republican senators that went to the border. That trip was hosted by Senators Cruz and Cornyn of Texas. We saw just a small sliver of the southern border, and what we experienced was uh, absolute horrible, uh, you know, situations with the migrants that were crossing. And as a as a mom, I was just shocked and appalled at the stories I was hearing, not only from the migrants but from the border patrol agents that work that sector. We also heard from a group of landowners that uh, are finding dead bodies uh, on their property. We heard of uh, five and six year old girls that had been brutally sexually assaulted just a few days prior by the coyotes, those smugglers that are bringing them to the border. Many of these children are unaccompanied. They're sent on this journey from Central America, from Mexico, uh, facing extraordinary issues all along the way at the hands of these abusers. This is a racket for the drug cartel. What we heard from CBP was that uh, the drug cartels in Mexico no longer are warring with each other necessarily right. because there is so much money involved in this smuggling operation that there is plenty to go around for everyone. What sort of sick country would allow this to happen? We're a sick country right now, and we have an administration that is allowing this to go on and on. They have a distraction coming from this. Over the weekend, I don't have the story in front of me, but I saw it. Uh, the big kingpin that we've always supposedly been after, the head of the cartel, Mm -hmm. uh, was captured over the weekend because the governments down there never really wanted to bother with them. But I think now they said, you know what, we can give up this big guy because uh, obviously for a cartel to exist, corruption goes higher and deeper than where he is. So he's given up, and I'm sure the media will jump on it soon. Oh, look what we've done, the war on drugs here, and Biden no clamor around. It's nothing. It's you know, absolutely nothing. I don't understand a few things about this whole border situation. The governors of Arizona and Texas have been good to a point. Uh, in Texas, they're doing some things, but uh, Governor Abbott has hesitated calling it an, an invasion. For some reason, he has held back on technically calling what's happening on his border an invasion. I don't understand why, because if he did that, it would kick in a lot of things that would help shut it down. And so he's he's not 100% in, but they are shipping immigrants to by bus to Washington, D.C. And at first, when they were doing it, they, everyone was smiling like, isn't this cute? This can't have any real effect, right? Well, they have been doing it for, I guess, weeks, maybe months now. And months, actually. It, yeah, yeah. And it's actually having an effect. This is the mayor of D.C. She was on Face the Nation on Sunday, and here's what she had to say. The uh, Washington Post reported last week that homeless shelters in D.C. were filling up. Um, and groups are getting overwhelmed by these buses that the governors of Texas and, and Arizona are sending here full of migrants. 
how significant is this influx? How many people? Well, this is a very significant issue. Um, we have for sure called on the federal government um, to work across state lines to prevent um, people from really being tricked uh, into getting on buses. Uh, we, we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. Uh, I worked uh, with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization um, that is providing services to folks. Um, but I fear that they're being uh, tricked into nationwide um, bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the United States of America. I have one question. What planet did that lady arrive from? I mean, she makes it sound like they had a choice. You know, you, you come illegally across the, right. uh, the border, but then you have buses lined up and, and like you have a choice. Well, I'd like to go to Minneapolis, please. Oh, that's over there on bus seven. I'd like to go to Boston. That's bus one. No, no. They just herded them onto the bus as yeah, well that, they should have. What, yeah, it's the final destination. But see, that tells you right there, there is a plan that was set in place by the government. Uh, government and yes. Arizona and Texas said, screw your plan. Yep. We don't want them. Here, <laughs> you take them and deal with them. Yep. And you know what? <laughs> Deal with it, Washington. <laughs> Clean up your own mess. Now, Abbott's probably got some problems, and uh, so do they down in Georgia, big red states. Now, I do find it interesting that uh, Beto O'Rourke, all of a sudden, massive, uh, you know, campaign fundraising. He's, you know. Oh, yeah, he's, he's doing very well financially. Yeah, and then uh, so Stacey Abrams in Georgia, another big red state that the Democrats are targeting now. But they're not I, saying where it's coming in from. Right, because I've alluded to this before. The numbers that are reported by the DNC and the Republicans, the Republicans, if you look at the numbers, wow, we are blowing the Democrats away. We are blowing them away in fundraisers because right. it's all above board by donations from people like you and me. Right. So if the Democrats aren't getting that and all of a sudden – these people are getting massive amounts of money because of Texas is a red state. Mm -hmm. It's getting red money and they're not blue money. They're trying to say that he's surging in the polls too. Beto O'Rourke, the guy who well, wants they to did take that before yes. who lies about his, you know, his, his true lineages, but nationality, they're trying, whatever, they're trying yeah. to take away guns from Texans, right? Think about that for a second. Take away guns from, that's what he believes. He remember he said during a uh, uh, a debate, a Democratic debate when he was running for president. Um, he said he was asked, "Are you are you in favor of taking away people's guns?" And he said, "Hell yeah!" That's what he said. That was a a quote. Beto. Well, you know what? Let me let me explain something. I lived in Texas. I lived in Austin. I worked for uh, a company now. It's called iHeart. I was with them when they were Clear Channel. And uh, whatever else they were called, they went through a lot of incantations. But I think they were AMFM, they were AMFM, yeah, yeah. uh, Capstar, and yeah, all of that yeah, stuff. Exactly. I have all the T-shirts somewhere <laughs> packed away in a box for I each know. one. When we've changed names again, here's your T-shirt. <laughs> go to the meeting. You know, oh, we changed names again. Think go about to it. the meeting. Here's your T-shirt. Thank our, you. I really wanted that. But either way, our closets were full of that stuff. Yeah, it was all of that junk. And, uh, you know, you, you derailed my mind here. It's okay. Uh, on this thing. But but we're talking uh, about you working for iHeart in Texas. 
And were we talking about the gun situation? Oh, yeah. Well, living down there, that's back to the guns. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem is with their story, oh, we're going to take away the guns. You know, when you look at the Hispanic population to the, you know, Anglo-whites uh, population there, you know, either way, uh, the Hispanic population has more guns than the uh, white people down there. They just do. Hmm. It's part of them. You know, and legally, I'm not saying illegally. Oh, sure. So, Did you hear you, about, know, you heard about that mall shooting up in uh, Indiana? Yeah. A and the person who was the hero was a 22-year-old yeah. who was legally carrying a, a weapon in the mall, and he took action. Unfortunately, I believe three or four people were killed, but there would have been many, many more killed because he had multiple clips, multiple guns on him, the, the shooter did, and he was in there to do a lot of damage. And this hero was out shopping with his wife, and he saw this happen, and he took his gun out, and he told people to get behind him, the shoppers, to get right. go back, go back. He went after the shooter, and he shot him. And he shot him, and the, sh and the, uh, the shooter tried to get away, and he collapsed, and he died. The... 22-year-old had a gun legally, but Simon Management, who owns the mall, has a policy that guns are not allowed anywhere in their, in, their, in their malls. If he had followed the Simon Management policy, there would have been bodies everywhere. Yeah, he's being hailed as a hero, but I, I saw that story, and I'm going, yeah, you know what? He's going to get bit in the ass with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got a concealed carry. And yeah. have you ever sat there at, you know, you're, you're paying for something at the store, you're thumbing through your wallet and your cards all drop out and boom, there goes the concealed carry. And you get this look, you know, from somebody going, you're not carrying a gun. Are you uh, actually, That's no, I wasn't, it's yeah, not, it's not yeah. your damn, well, that was yeah. my response. Yeah. <laughs> none of your business. No, I wasn't just because I have a concealed carry doesn't mean yeah, I'm going to walk out and I got a gun on me and you better not mess around. No, that's, you know, uh, there's another if reason. If you knew how many it. people were walking around every day with a gun on them, either in a purse or on a, some kind of a waist hol holster hidden away, you'd be amazed. There's a lot of people who go about their day-to-day -day business carrying yeah. a weapon. Nighttime when you're out, you don't know what you're going to run into. That's when I would do that. Or if I have a, a sum of money and I'm headed to a bank to deposit some money in the night drop box or whatever it is, yeah, right. you know what? I may have that with me because, you know, somebody goes, oh, this guy always goes there. He's got money, you know? Yeah. Well, all I can say is if it wasn't for that hero, that 22-year-old hero, the chief of police in the town said without this guy taking action, there would have been a lot more people dead. He saved mm -hmm. a lot of lives by doing what he did. And he asked, yeah. all he asked was for, for some privacy so he could, he could absorb what happened, what, what he was involved with. Young guy. Yeah, well, he, you know, you take a life. Um, I've never done that. Don't want to, don't want to even know what it's like. Uh, but if you take a life, you know, that's going to have a big permanent mental effect on you, you know, but then I've also been told, you know, even cops will tell you, if you shoot a perp, 
you better you better aim right because if you wound them, they will come back. Yeah, that's true. One other thing I wanted to point out, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about transgenderism right now. Oh, yes. And uh, the Biden administration seems to be for it. They hired Dr. Rachel Levine to be their uh, assistant secretary of health. How and, is she, him or whatever? Uh, well, he was on the stage yesterday making some comments about, about uh, uh, we need to empower children to go on puberty blockers. I'm not kidding. This is Dr. Rachel slash Richard Levine. So we really want to to to, to base our treatment and uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth, not to limit their participation in activities and sports, and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. Now, this is a guy who, when he was going through his confirmation process, he was asked directly, directly. I think it was Rand Paul who asked the question about about puberty blockers and uh, sex reassignment for children, things like that. And he avoided it like it was the plague. He avoided it like it was uh, something very hot. He had a standard uh, answer, and he just ev was evasive. Here, now that he's in, he comes right out, and he's in favor of... Uh, puberty blockers and uh, gender reassignment and uh, uh, breast and uh, private part amputations for children, mind you. This is for kids. He, he's in no, 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 no. Yeah. Because there's a study out there that says a person is not fully mature until the men, until they're 25 or 26. So you're going to take somebody that does not have their full mental sure. faculty and capacity and you're just going to willy-nilly let them uh, take their dilly and uh, change them. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, every kid when they're 10 and 11 is confused. I don't care who you are. They're going through some kind of a, 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 sexual, thing. A, a sexual thing. They don't know what the heck is going on. There's a lot of chemicals that are racing around their body, and they are confused. I think everybody goes through it. Here's the difference between then and now. Then there weren't a lot of people that put themselves in positions going, I'm going to write a song about it, take a walk in the wild. So, you know, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. all these things that get into your mind. Yeah. That's you true. know, uh, there, there's so many things out there, visuals and audibles that will affect you when those chemicals are doing their thing well, and they shouldn't be. Little kids, I say little kids, 10, 11, 12, they see all these uh, uh, cross-dressers and drag queens with these fancy clothes, and they're getting applause, and, and they're getting uh, all, this, you know, all this positive feedback, and they're confused. When I was a kid, you didn't get that. You didn't have social media, for one thing. Yeah, and, and we're adding the, the, this day and age, social media, media in general, music, everything, uh, adding to the confusion. And, you know, it's it's louder noises than the ones that are dancing around naturally in their head. i got to mention one more thing before we sign out of this, uh, out of this show. I was watching one of the talk shows last night, and they were talking about tic right. TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know this, and I'll bet you didn't know this either. TikTok 
has two versions of TikTok. The, yes, ver- the, the version that they send to the United States and to the West, the one that we right. see. And then there's the version that they show in their own country. And the version that, that they show in their country shows patriotic things. It shows people who are achieving things. It shows skills. It shows really, uh, really positive, affirming actions by the people in the videos. Over here, you see weirdos and perverts and... Well, the difference is in China, they filter it and they filter it and control it. Here, we're allowed to do anything you want. Now, you can put patriotic stuff up there if you so choose, but we have we have these people that sit there and go, they want you. They want the West to see this swill. Not everything mm-hmm. is swill, mind you, but they want the West to see the poison and they want to protect their people from it yeah. and make their people a, a stronger people by their TikTok. So they own TikTok. They're trying to depress us and elevate their own society. Yes, they do own TikTok, but people got to realize because there are a lot of people, I know you do too, sit there and go, oh, you can't use TikTok. You have to, if you use it, you got to be wise about it and tune out that crap. But there's a lot of that crap. But they've bought into Spotify. They've bought in and they bought controlling shares. They have bought into most of our social media that they can get their hands on because they want that control, as you say. They even own, uh, they have a partnership with GM that goes way back. They basically saved GM's butt back in 2008. Amazing. They own a lot of stuff here. We and have- that is crazy that we've allowed it. Maybe we as a country should look at everything they've purchased and uh, reevaluate whether they have the right to do that. All right, but here's your problem. China wants to be China. They are a nationalist country, right? Mm -hmm. All right. But we are in bed with this new world order, this global world, which does not include China or Russia. They're the standouts which we should be too. So for us to sit there and take a nationalistic stance, well, that's against the Schwabs and all of those people of the world and the Bill Gates because they want a one-world government. I got a surprise for you, though. Putin, as a young man, was was a regular visitor to Davos. Yeah. To Davos. He was part of that... uh, New World Order, the World Economic Forum. Putin was there. Yeah. But here's the problem. Back uh, when Clinton was in office, Putin wanted to become a part of NATO. Oh, I know. You're right. And he was was in Time Magazine, his man of the year, and all this stuff, all these big accolades about this guy. And then Bill Clinton, when he asked about it, he goes, (laughs) no. He laughed at him. Yeah. Now, do you not think that that sat in the back of Putin's mind like, you wait, I have played your game. Yeah. I came in here and did everything that you wanted, and you just thumbed me away? Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. Uh, one more thing, John Kerry. You remember John Kerry from Boston? Oh, yeah, yeah. the guy with the jet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah actually, he has two, would you believe? Uh, oh. Nice, nice, shiny Gulf Streams. 
and, and maybe larger too. Uh, he's still traveling around the globe. He's still promoting uh, green energy, green everything, right? He's, he's really into this green thing, even though he's flying jets that burn up a lot of fossil fuel. He has an answer for that too. He says, well, I have to because a man of my stature and with my responsibilities, I have to be able to go from one place to the other fast. I, I you know, would, I really don't hear about John Kerry until somebody like you mentions him. So he's got no stature in my mind. Well, here's he's not okay. Here here's, we go. here's what he said about uh, going green and how we're we're kind of behind the eight ball. We gotta we gotta speed it up. Listen. So I think that uh, the challenge for all of us now is that no one country can solve this problem by itself. We all have to be able to reduce the emissions. We have to accelerate the transition. We're behind. We're not yet fulfilling the promises that we made in Glasgow. So we have our work cut out for us, and I look forward to talking about that with you. We have to accelerate the transition to green energy. That was John Kerry, the green energy czar. Uh, and he's flying around. Under the radar, nobody's paying much attention to John Kerry, yet he's still doing his. So, how does green he afford uh, working for the government? Two jets. Well, you know, he did marry uh, Teresa Hines, yeah, the widow of John Hines. The, yeah, he's uh, got to be rolling in his grave. Yeah, once. he was a Republican senator from Pennsylvania. Well, um, yeah, but right when after that happened, and she took over Hines, I remember that she was not really. No, she was um, liberal. Yeah. Anyway, do you know that uh, their son, his stepson, and her son was a partner of Hunter Biden? That's right. A partner of Hunter Biden was uh, John Kerry's stepson. They, well, uh, now, could that still be because uh, Hunter, even though they say he no longer holds anything, documents say otherwise, he's still ahead of that uh, company in China. So he's got Chinese connections with money, and it goes back to the Biden family. And maybe the thing that buddy. I don't, the thing I don't understand is John Kerry's stepson is an heir to a fortune. Why do they need to be involved with more nonsense like this? Oh, but come <laughs> on, Jim. I mean, don't you know enough yes. is never enough. That's true. That's very true. You would think that if a guy's worth uh, two or three million dollars, he'd be happy. No, no, no. No, you got to have more. You got to. You got to leave life. And there's even you know debate about that whether you really have to check out. Look at Nancy. You know? I guess I guess they they're under the philosophy that uh, when they die, one who has the most stuff wins. Yeah, and they get to <laughs> yeah. take it with them. Yeah, right. Hey, look at folks. I'm done. We're out of here. Don't forget, you can reach us at itsanotherday.com. Also, our phone number is 833-583-6060. We have an email address, too. Mail at itsanotherday.com. No matter how you slice it, you can get to us. Please do. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow with more stuff. More Thank stuff. You. Yes. You know, you can never have too much That's stuff. That's true. The one with the most stuff. I got stuff. a garage full of stuff, yes. and I need to clean out all that stuff <laughs> so I can put more stuff in there. Isn't that the truth?